Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. We're glad you're with us. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven the number two savelives.org. Coming up, got the man himself. We got a lot of football to talk about throughout the rest of the night, but for all those scores, we go to Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, you're the best. Let's start with the week that has been down in Bloomington, Indiana. First of all, the Indiana Hoosiers with a victory today over the Wisconsin Badgers 20-14. to Tom Allen's club 3-6. and It's their first Big Ten win. Brendan Soresby was terrific. 19-31, 186 yards with a touchdown and no picks. Donovan McCulley also great with five catches and 67 yards. Last night, it was the Indiana Hoosier men's basketball team winning in exhibition fashion over Marion 94-61. And of course, the first ball game at Assembly Hall since the passing of Bob Knight on Wednesday. We're going to dive into Coach Knight here tonight on Indiana Sports Talk and share some of the best sound bites of the week that was as well from Coach Knight's life, starting with what Don Fisher said inside Assembly Hall back on Friday night. Wednesday evening, Indiana University, the great game of basketball, and this state lost a true giant. Bob Knight won three NCAA championships, 11 Big Ten titles, and left an indelible mark on this institution, the game he so loved, and the hearts of Hoosier fans around the world. Please take these next several seconds to honor the great Bob Knight with a moment of silence. That was pregame at Assembly Hall last night. As said by Don Fisher. More on Coach Knight in just a moment. Now to some more scores. Right now, 20-6 to is the Michigan lead on Purdue from the big house. 5-16 to go in the third quarter. The number three Wolverines are 8-0. They outscored Purdue 17-0 in that first quarter. Hudson Card is 8-20 of with an interception. Today, Notre Dame fell to 7-3. The number 15 Irish losing to Clemson on the road, 31-23. Sam Hartman struggled. He was just 13 of 30 for 146 yards, no touchdown passes. He threw two interceptions as the Irish go down against the Tigers. Youngstown State got the best of Indiana State today, 19-7. Valparaiso defeated Dayton, 21-7. And Butler crushed Moorhead State, 49-7. The Bulldogs are 7-3. Over to some small college football, Indiana Wesleyan and Marion played an instant classic. Wesleyan comes out on top, 42-40. Lawrence Tech held on against Taylor, 41-37. It was St. Francis by a dime on Concordia, 34-24. McKendry beat UND, 21-16. UND's first loss. The Hounds are 8-1. Franklin shut out Manchester, 36-0. It was Hanover blasting Anderson, 69-0. This is a football score, by the way. Rose Holman, 78 Defiance 54. Again, that's football. It's not basketball season yet. Mount St. Joseph all over Bluffton 49-27. It was Hope by 10 over Trine 38-28. And Wabash, they crush Hiram 52-13. DePaul's on by the 129th Monon Bell Classic next week between DePaul and Wabash. 
Over to the Indiana Pacers, who lost tonight to the Charlotte Hornets, the second of a back-to-back. 125-124 was the final. Indiana had the ball in the dying seconds, but Tyrese Halliburton was stolen away from LaMelo Ball. Halliburton still had a great night. He scored 43 points alongside 12 assists on the evening. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Carolina Panthers tomorrow afternoon in Charlotte. And they face their former head coach, Frank Reich. He touched on what this one means to him. It always means a little bit more. For some people, when that happens, it may be means more in a vengeful way. I don't look at it like that. Motivated, yes. Highly motivated, yes. And closing again with Coach Knight, this is what Quinn Buckner had to say in the Pacers game following his passing. He was a genius. They really understood life as well as basketball. And um, I, I feel quite privileged to be whatever I am because I had been in his presence at such an early age, and he helped me grow. Bob Knight on Wednesday night passes away. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network College Football Today. Wabash beats Hiram 52-13. to With me, Wabash Little Giant head coach Don Morrell. Don, thanks so much for the call, and congratulations on the win. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, so let's talk first about Cooper Sullivan. Broke the Wabash College career receiving yardage record uh, today. Quite an accomplishment for this young man. Tell me about the day he had and the career he's had. He's had a huge career. Uh, We recruited him out of the bowl school in Florida in 2019. Uh, Possibly the best work ethic I've ever had out of any wide receiver in my career and he erased a record I believe that was from the 80s with uh, total yards he had 174 yards and he did not play in the second half he did that in one half of football so wow. uh, complete, completely impressive he's had a great career at Wabash College yeah, and he's had a guy throwing the ball to him he's pretty good and Liam Thompson too he has those two are inseparable um, and they complete each other's sentences. So does Derek Allen and Penn Stoller and some of the other guys uh, that are in that wide receiver room. Uh, they've been together a long time. They have high expectations, and uh, they really hold each other accountable, uh, and they've been excellent in their career. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sullivan catches seven passes for 178 yards and a a touchdown. Uh, Thompson, again, he he is uh, on the – he's close to the conference and school record books himself. 354 yards, 19 to 21. Are you stunned when he throws an incompletion? (laughs) It's it's rare, and I think what – the other thing that's impressive is – Liam has not played in the second half of three football games. Yikes. <laughs> God, yeah. yeah, that is impressive. So, he, 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 uh, Coach, you would be, you would like to be around this guy. The way he prepares every day, it's all about the preparation. Uh, 
extra time out on the practice field, extra time in the weight room, extra time looking at film. He really is a consummate football player. All right, so this win puts you in a position for a possible share of the NCAC Conference Championship. There's a little game coming up next week that goes toward that. So now we, we can now we can legitimately talk about the the Bell game, right? Because you're through, conference play is over. So let's talk about next Saturday. 129 years Wabash and DePaul have played. No matter what anyone wants to tell you, this is the greatest football rivalry in the country. It is a tremendous rivalry uh, for both schools. Uh, I think it's unique that so many of the kids know each other. They, they played high school football together. They played AAU baseball together. They just picked two different schools, and it is a real live rivalry. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Um, kind of have some rivalries you hear about where uh, they just don't mean as much as the Monon Bell does to not just the two football teams, but the two schools completely. Yeah, and, and the other part of it, too, and after all those games that you've played, the, the margin of difference between schools' wins on either side is, is unbelievably close. It is. I think we have the lead by seven or eight wins after 129 years, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to have uh, – Tough cast. DePaul has done a great job this year, and they did last year also. Uh, they go into the game undefeated at 9-0. and We are 7-2. and uh, One of our losses was the Butler, which is, uh, I think, a pretty good loss for us, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and then it's just going to really be about the week of preparation. Um, and, and then on Saturday who can handle the pressure because uh, the game is like no other you play in all year. Uh, normally, we'll play in front of 1,000 to 3,000 fans. They're expecting about 10,000 fans next Saturday. Uh, and it, it, it really is. It, it culminates your football career at Wabash or at the Paw, for that matter. Well, today, Wabash wins 52-13 over Hiram College, setting up the Monon Bell game next Saturday. Don Morrell, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for the call, and good luck next weekend. Coach, have a great night. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. There's no other game like it. You can talk about all these, you know, all these other games, 129 years and be that close. That's a rivalry. We're back talking more college football on Indiana Sports Talk. 
I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. And after three quarters of play, number three Michigan is on top of Purdue 27-6. Michigan outscored Purdue 17 zip in the first quarter. The Boilers did answer with six points in the second, but Hudson Card has struggled. He's 8-for-22 for 98 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Michigan has already ran for 105 yards, and J.J. McCarthy has thrown for 266. We'll keep you posted if and when that one goes final within this hour. As for the Pacers, they go down to the Hornets tonight by just a penny, 125-124. Indiana had the ball in the dying moments of the game, but Tyrese Halliburton was pickpocketed with two seconds left by LaMelo Ball. It ends a night for Halliburton that was all positive. He scored 43 points, went 8 of 12 from deep, had 12 assists. He was perfect from the free throw line. But again, the Pacers fall in tough fashion. It was the second half of a back-to-back after Indiana got an impressive win last night in the NBA in-season tournament over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Indiana now turns their attention to number one overall pick, Victor Wembenyama. He comes to town on Monday with the San Antonio Spurs. The Pacers are 3-3 three and three on the campaign. Over to some small college football. UND took their first loss of the season. The Hounds are 8-1 after falling to McKendry 21-16. St. Francis got the best of Concordia by 10, 34-24. Franklin shut out Manchester 36-0. And again, Rose Holman over to Fayette 78-54. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. College football today, Indiana beats Wisconsin 20-14 from the IU Sports Radio Network. John Herrick joins me. John, a very important win, great win for the Hoosiers this afternoon. Yeah. um, Also, Coach, I don't know if you saw this, but Ohio State, Army, Indiana, and Texas Tech all won today. What do you think the common thread is there? (laughs) <laughs> Bob Coach Knight, Knight obviously. Ohio. Yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting. It, it, <laughs> very it, yeah, interesting. It, it's very, it's, you know, I think the general was watching over uh, a lot of those schools. It, yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was an entertaining game today, Bob. It certainly had its twists and turns. Things start off great for the Hoosiers as they've been uh, in a lot of these games. It feels like they go down, they score on their opening drive. They take a 10-point lead into the locker room. The offense looks like it's humming. And then Wisconsin, like a lot of good teams in the Big Ten do, they go into the locker room, they make some adjustments, and um, they come out in the second half, and their defense gets incredibly stingy, only gives up 36 yards to Indiana in the second half. And then Indiana's defense has to basically keep them in the game and bail them out. Uh, And the one guy that I – well, there's a lot of guys on defense that you could single out. Jordan Shaw, who's been filling in for the injured Noah Pierre, Mm -hmm. has been great. But Aaron Casey, six-year senior for IU, had so many big plays in this game today. Four tackles for loss, two sacks at critical times uh, on Wisconsin quarterback Braden Locke, and then also had nine tackles, seven of which were solo. So, I mean, when, when you needed a player to step up, the entire defense was great in the second half, but him particularly um, as the six-year senior who needed to lead this team in, in moments of crisis when the, things were looking bleak, he stepped up and made so many key plays, especially in the second half. 
I also think you have to give a, a, a big pat on the back to their punter, James Evans, because you know what? This guy, in terms of flipping the field, Wisconsin started inside its 20 on three different times. That that goes a long way in terms of that defensive effort. Yeah, I mean, you know, three different times he's gotten, he had it inside the 20. He averaged 44 yards a punt, but he also had a long of 55. I mean, and, and it's just incredible wow. what this guy is able to do. I mean, it's and he also has been beat up at times. I think there was a time earlier in this year he was dealing with a leg injury and was still fighting through it. Um, just pinpoint accuracy. And, I, and I, I'm glad you brought him up, Bob, because the special teams coordinator, Casey Teagarden, really I don't think gets enough credit for what a good job he does at IU because special teams mm-hmm. can sometimes be that forgotten third unit of the game. But he's done a really good job on returns where he's been able to pave the way for Jalen Lucas. I mean, Indiana starts off getting the ball on the kickoff, and they get a 33-yard return out of Lucas, and their punt coverages down the field today were great. You know, Wisconsin returners either had to fair catch it, or when they did catch it and tried to make a move or run, they had very little room to return it. So as great as the defense was today, you know, the, it, the, the offense was the story in the first half, and I felt like the defense mm-hmm. was the story mm-hmm. in the second half. But I think that the special teams was consistently a great oh, yeah. unit in both halves. Well, it's good to have all those phases on, on the same day doing a good job. And, and obviously, it's what you're striving for every time out. Hey, look, I'm looking at this. And these guys, listen, they need, they're, I'm, they're all ex- – everyone's excited, don't you think? You got Illinois coming up. You, you got winnable games now. I mean, let's – I'm, I'm not so sure um, – I know winning's difficult, but they have uh, – in remaining games on the schedule, they continue to play at this level. They have winnable games. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, you, you you have some, some situations where um, – uh, I'm, I can't read very well, but they have they do have some winnable games coming up to finish it out. Yeah, I mean, and especially when you come off of playing Penn State, uh, who was a right. top, you know, easily a top, probably top ten team. They bounced back today in a big way, and they throttled Maryland. Um, and then Wisconsin has been a team that's given IU fits over the years, and just this was the first Indiana win against Wisconsin in Bloomington since 2002. And you're right, Illinois has had a bit of a down year. But I will say this, though, Illinois has been playing better of late. They got a win today over Minnesota and Michigan State. You can't sleep on them either. I mean, they're starting to bounce back from the, uh, you know, the harrowing difficulties they've had earlier this year and all this, you know, the, the scandal around their head coach. And at home today, they beat Nebraska and Nebraska is playing well. So, you can't overlook either one of those two teams, and I don't care if Purdue doesn't win another game for the rest of the year until the old Oak and Bucket game. Records don't matter when Indiana right. and Purdue play each other, just like it doesn't matter when DePaul and Wabash play each other for the Monon Bell game, as you talked about in your last segment. I mean, there are just certain games where records don't matter, and, and, the, and the Bucket game between IU and Purdue is one of those. So all three of these games winnable, but they're definitely all three going to be a challenge in their own right. This is the time of year where you and your colleagues earn your money because you, you're going to have some basketball. You got football and basketball converging. You got a busy schedule next week. Yeah, November is easily the busiest month of the year for me. It's even busier for Don Fisher. And we've got the next three weeks, it's basically 
Saturday football game and then Sunday basketball. And then that third week in November, it is uh, football game Saturday and then basketball game Sunday and then another basketball game Monday after that in the Empire Classic. So it was the same way last year. But you know what, Bob? It's a great time of year. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) Right. Last year when we had basketball against Xavier, then the Michigan State game, then we had to get back home to Gamebridge Fieldhouse for a basketball game against Miami of Ohio. IU went 3-0 and that weekend. They got two basketball wins and one football win. So um, hopefully you can get the same thing uh, this month uh, in November this year when, when that time comes around. Well, Tuesday you got Florida Gulf Coast coming in. That ought to be uh, be fun to find out, you know, get a, a real good look uh, at this year's edition of the uh, men's basketball team. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, remember, I think, I can't remember what year it was that Florida Gulf Coast had that great run in the tournament where they were called Lob City, uh, and that kind of hasn't right. left them. I still think they're athletic. They're going to be tough to deal with. And, and look, you know, I think there's a lot of good things to build upon with the basketball team and what they did against Marion. Um, really thought the three-point shot came along. You had some big guys, not just guards, but big guys like Malik Renew stepping out and hitting two threes. You know, you only had two turnovers. Granted, I understand the opponent was an inferior one and is in, you know, the NAIA, but still you got these are those are good things that you can that you can build upon uh, when you head into that one. And so I, I think um, it's gonna be raucous. You know, I think the exhibition games for being exhibition mm-hmm. games were very well attended by fans. So I think you're gonna get a raucous crowd uh, on opening night. Uh, at Assembly Hall. Oh, and also, you know, it's Election Day. So, you know, what what else is going on on Tuesday night? <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your priorities squared away. We got we got know, basketball. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And just understand that IU wins today in football, college football, uh, with a big win over Wisconsin, twenty to fourteen. Uh, big, big win for the Hoosiers without question. John Herrick, always great to catch up with you. Have a great weekend. Always good to catch up with you too, Coach. Thanks. Thanks so much. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Coming up, more football. We'll talk about Notre Dame's tough day at Clemson after this next scoreboard update. Looking ahead, we have Paul Condry, who will join us in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, Paul and I will talk about sectional championships in football last night and look ahead at the regional championships coming up this next weekend. So... Um, a fun night last night. If you had a chance to be with us again, thank you very much. I know you have plenty of choices uh, when you get in your cars or when you're online, and we appreciate you uh, choosing us, so to speak. It, it was fun, and uh, we're, we're marching toward championships at Lucas Oil Stadium during the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Scoreboard update coming up with Brendan King, and then we're talking about Notre Dame and Clemson on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Number three, Michigan has now stretched their lead to Purdue to 34-6. The Wolverines are just relentless here. 
as they're really piling it on the Boilers with 9.47 to go in the fourth quarter. Michigan's 8-0 for a reason. Of course, they still have their game against the Ohio State Buckeyes looming. Purdue has given up 289 pass yards. J.J. McCarthy has been sharp. Hudson Card has struggled under center for Purdue from the big house this evening. Better time, though, for those in Bloomington this afternoon. IU over Wisconsin, 20-14. IU's 3-6. The Hoosiers get their first Big Ten win over Luke Fickle and the Badgers. Brendan Soresby, very good, 19-31, 186 yards, a touchdown, and no picks. For those in South Bend, the worry is on if they're wasn't any there definitely now is of where Notre Dame will end up bowl wise the Irish are going to get into a bowl but at seven and three it's not going to be the one that they want number 15 Notre Dame falls to Clemson 31 23 Sam Hartman was just 13 for 30 Hartman struggled with 146 yards no touchdowns and two picks tough day for Notre Dame against the Tigers and you know this is something we talked about last night that a lot of recruits were at that ball game and Notre Dame may be losing out on some recruits those battling between ND and Clemson. We'll see about that in the foreseeable future. Pacers go down to the Hornets, 125-124. Charlotte outscored the Pacers 33-28 in the fourth quarter. A stop by LaMelo Ball on Tyrese Halliburton in the waning moments to finish off the win for Charlotte. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Greg Rakestraw joins us. We're talking football and volleyball. Greg Rakestraw, what is up tonight? I uh, Just barreling down I-69, heading back from Muncie, and uh, get to do it all again tomorrow. All right. Tell me about volleyball championships on the IHSAA at Wortham Arena today. So I had a pair of four-set finales in 3A and 4A. Providence and Belmont played for a second consecutive year, and Providence wins for a second consecutive year. Their fifth state title in total. Uh, Providence wins in four. Tara Parika's senior class of 10 seniors head out with back-to-back state championships because each of these two teams played the 3A final each the last two years. They will both bounce up to 4A next year. Belmont has now been the runner-up in 3A in four of the last five seasons. Wow. In 4A... Hamilton Southeastern completed the fourth unbeaten season for a 4A mm. champ since we went to the class system back in 1997. They have now mm-hmm. won 67 consecutive matches. Wow. And they dispatched Castle in four. Uh, there is some solace or, or a, um, a bit of recognition for Castle in taking a set off of Hamilton Southeastern. HSE lost five sets the entire season. They, Yorktown got a set off of them on September the 5th. <laughs> Cathedral got one Man. off on September the 9th. And two weeks wow. ago, Homestead took them to five. They were the only team to take HSE the distance in a match all year long. That's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, with as many good volleyball teams as there are and the schedule they play, that is phenomenal. It is. And, and in Hamilton Southeastern, they've got players that are going to Florida and Mississippi State. They've got players that are going Division One, Division Two, and, and even – Division three programs, seven seniors, they all played, but they've got some key pieces that are returning. Uh, Mangelson, the junior, that's going to head to Mississippi State. She is back next year. Some sophomores and juniors that return as well. So the cupboard is far from Mary. To the same about Castle, they had five seniors, four. They're really a part of the rotation. Right. One of those seniors in Kara Topshaver is going to go play at East Illinois. Uh, they've got a player in uh, Maya Yaska that's going to come going to come back, but she's already able to play at Virginia Tech. Uh, these are two teams that I would expect to make deep runs in the tournament uh, when we restart volleyball in the fall and, and uh, 
get back together in uh, at Ball State early next November for the next batch of championships. All right, you uh, you're going to have a. Uh... Well, you got a late game tomorrow. You got a four o'clock start with the Colts tomorrow, so you might be able to sneak in a little bit of sleep tonight. I was worried about your turnaround time, but I'm not so worried about it right now. Colts in Carolina, obviously Frank Reich for the Carolina Panthers, playing his old team should be an interesting. Both these teams. Um, well, I think it'll be a great game because I don't. You know, they're they're just not great teams, but I think they're evenly matched in this matchup tomorrow. You know, I think this was a game when the Colts fans a couple of weeks ago, when this team was three and two or three and three, and they look at back to back games in November against winless Carolina uh, and probably the worst Patriots team since, say, pre Tom Brady for Bill Belichick. You go, hey, there's a couple of wins. Well, now the Colts are three and five, and now the Colts are beaten up. They clearly have issues at cornerback. And when there's Colts injury news on Saturday, it's rarely good, and it sometimes gets mm. lost. So for those that don't know, Zaire Franklin has been downgraded to doubtful for the Colts. Ooh. He has been an absolute tackle. Exactly. He has been a tackling machine each of the last two years. You still got Shaquille Leonard. still got EJ Speed. But this was probably a team that because of their issues at cornerback and no Juju Brents again this week for the Colts, I thought they're going to play, frankly, more of their base for three than they normally would just because, frankly, they feel better about their linebackers than their cornerbacks right now. Right. So now right. If, if you don't have Zaire Franklin tomorrow, maybe you got to play more of those corners. And, and again, opposite Kenny Moore and Jalen Jones, the seventh-round pick from Texas A&M, there's not much to choose from at that position right now for the Colts. So this is kind of the time of year where injuries are to catch up with the Indianapolis Colts. No Braden Smith. He'll miss his fourth consecutive game at right tackle. It's still very much a game the Colts can win. But, again, this is not in the sure thing category. And, frankly, there's no team the Colts will play the rest of the way that they can't beat, and there's no team they will, they will play the rest of the way that they are a guaranteed victor over. So we'll see how it plays out tomorrow afternoon. You listed some not-so-good options in terms of uh, some of their personnel issues uh, defensively. Uh, th- you don't have a wealth of uh, good things to point to in terms of combinations, quite frankly. No, they can make it worse. Uh, you know, I, I think what we have seen the last couple of weeks in terms of the points given up to both Cleveland and New Orleans is right. just how important Grover Stewart is to that defense. Uh, and, you know, he is in the midst now what is a six-game suspension uh, for taking a banned substance. And Grover, his credit, say, yep, I, I made a mistake. I, I didn't check materials, didn't know what was in here, and, 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 and gave that me a culpa. But this is a Colts defense that when their starting lineup is healthy, I like the group. What they don't have a lot of is depth, really, in any position. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Browns and the Saints, which are – Two mediocre teams from an offensive standpoint. The Browns are really good defensively, uh, but but not from an offensive standpoint. Those two teams have largely moved the ball up and down the field. The Saints had over 500 yards of offense last week against the Colts. Grover Stewart's absence is certainly notice, noticeable uh, against the run game uh, in terms of, of a little bit less of a pass rush because he's not out there. So th- this this is not something uh, that uh, you know for the Colts. It's not going in the right direction, unfortunately. And, again, there's a chance to get right tomorrow, but it's by no means a sure thing or a guaranteed thing. Make sure you catch Greg Rakestraw on the post-game call-in show. Colts taking on 
the Carolina Panthers at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Greg, thank you. I appreciate the call. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks, buddy. Greg Raystraw and I will be uh, doing the IEPUI um, game and with Spalding on Monday morning, first game of the college football season. That'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Dr. Lynn Clark from Irish 101 joins me. The Irish lose to Clemson today. A difficult loss for the Irish on the road in uh, in Clemson, and it's a, a tough one. Quite frankly, a tough one. Dr. Clark, this was a disappointing day all around. Bob, it's called Death Valley for a reason. Is unranked Clemson dealt a fatal blow to Notre Dame's hopes right. for a New Year's Six Bowl game with that 31-23 win over the 12th-ranked Fighting Irish. Notre Dame now stands at 7-3 and three on the season and will go into their second bye week of the year with questions on how to find the consistency in its offense, which seems to have stalled. You know what it, it, it does? And they, listen, they had the opportunities um, and it just could not capitalize uh, on the offensive end. And um, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for everyone where uh, you, you had issues literally not just with offense, but uh, defense and special teams. Uh, this was this was not a great effort today by the by the Irish. No, and statistically, the two teams played even, but Clemson, with its first win over a ranked opponent this season, played better on special teams. They pinned the Irish inside their own 10-yard line four times in the game. Tigers played well mentally. They didn't have a penalty called in the game. That's the first time it hasn't happened since 1952. And their running back, Phil Moffa, 168, picked at 186 yards with two touchdowns. And Notre Dame did not look as crisp as they have done defensively, but there were some bright spots. Xavier Watts getting his seventh interception of the year. He leads the nation. But then the Notre Dame defense did put the Irish in a chance to possibly come back and tie up the ball game late in the game. But another interception by Sam Hartman is second of the game. That dealt the death blow for the Fighting Irish this afternoon. Lynn, I need you to hang on here, okay? We'll come back if you can. We'll hang on and we'll talk more. I uh, Notre Dame football on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Carolina Panthers tomorrow afternoon in Charlotte. Late afternoon start time at 4.05 p.m. We'll hear from Frank Reich at the top of the hour and what the former Colts head coach had to say about going up against his old club. But earlier this week, Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard expressing disappointment and almost a little bit of anger in his role this year you could say he's frustrated um i just feel like each each week i proves who i am i feel like the way that i play the game was getting better and better each year each week but you know they say i don't make enough splash plays so i guess i'll still be watching for a little bit do you know like going into a game how many plays you're probably gonna get uh yeah i kind of i kind of know a little bit uh they'll tell me um if i'm gonna split wrestle ej on first and second i know i'm not in on third down so kind of know exactly what it is Leonard's expressing the disappointment he's not playing more on third down. Now, to be fair, Leonard has not been able to stay healthy over the last number of years, but you heard from Greg Rakeshaw a little bit earlier. Zaire Franklin is doubtful for tomorrow, so you may be seeing more Shaq as well as more EJ Speed in the game against the Panthers. Michigan continues to pile it on against Purdue. 41-6. Now your score with four and change to play in the fourth quarter. Michigan, the number three team in the nation, they're going to improve to 9-0 and on the campaign. They have scored at least 14 in two of the four 
quarters tonight. And the Pacers lose to the Hornets after an in-season tournament win last night over the Cavaliers. Pacers can't go back-to-back on the second half of their back-to-back. 125-124, Gordon Hayward and company beat the surge despite Tyrese Halliburton scoring 43. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Dr. Lynn Clark from Irish 101 rejoins us. Notre Dame loses a a very difficult game to Clemson this afternoon. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And um, Dr. Clark, offensively, we've talked about it, Lynn. Uh, Sam Hartman had a had a tough day today, uh, and the offense continues to struggle. Well, Sam Hartman did not look like the Johnny Unitas Award nominee or the Heisman Trophy hopeful, but a couple of injuries on the offensive line today. Zeke Carell, the center, goes out with an injury as well as Andrew Kristoffic. That gives Lawrenceburg's Ashton Craig a chance to get in there and play and mm-hmm. get a nice job. Uh, let's also focus on some of the other Hoosier players. Blake Fisher kind of struggling with penalties once again, Bob, but a Hoosier who yep. had a great afternoon today, Jack Kaiser. His best game of the year, yeah. nine tackles, seven solo. But as you said, Notre Dame has got some issues they need to deal with. What will they do during the bye week? It's going to be interesting to see with Marcus Freeman and his coaching staff, too, as far as the game plan, dialing it up for Wake Forest in two weeks. But they need to do something to energize this team once again that has not taken a step forward. They actually took two steps back. Yeah, they did because uh, this this one hurts. I mean, <laughs> for the obvious reasons. And and you and I have talked about postseason opportunities. This kind of uh, clouds the issue, if you will, in terms of what might be out there for them. Well, we talked about it last night. Right now, probably it would be the Pop-Tarts Bowl down in Orlando, Florida, which is going to be on December 28th in the afternoon. That will be the ACC team or Notre Dame against a team out of the Big 12. So some speculation it might be a rematch with Oklahoma State. But right now, Notre Dame doesn't have to worry about that. They need to worry about getting better. Mm-hmm. Playing Wake Forest and then wrapping up that season with a 9-3 and record and possibly getting another 10-game winning season if they can win the bowl game. But a lot of head scratching injuries, obviously, in effect with Mitchell Evans out. They right. didn't have that vertical game that we talked about last night. I thought they would take some shots down the field, but give all the credit to Clemson's defense. They came out ready to play. Special teams was also in their, in their wheelhouse today. Notre Dame just did not respond, and a team that can't win on the road – that's not a good sign in November. No, but I, I really think when you look at the situation Clemson is in, this, this was a – you talk about desperation, and not maybe that's too strong a word, but you talk about um, more importance in, in, in terms of uh, what this game means. I mean, you're talking about, in many respects, Clemson might be on the outside looking in. Uh, they have not played well, and uh, there was more urgency, if you will, I think, for Clemson in this game than there was for the Notre Dame Irish. It was Clemson's bowl game, if you will, and they rose yeah. to the challenge, and they won the game yeah. today. And this is, as we I heard earlier on the reports, this is going to be big in terms of recruiting, but more importantly, uh, you know, breathing some life back into this Clemson program where they can finish respectable. It's not going to be the other wanted but it will at least um, have some hope going into the uh, offseason. Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish 101.
Notre Dame losing to Clemson this afternoon. And um, got a bye week next week. I'm not sure I can have the show next weekend without you, but I'll I'll try to muddle through the best I can, okay? And Bob, uh, Micah Shrewsbury's uh, career begins at Notre Dame, the first official game against Niagara. So if you want to talk Notre Dame basketball, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, because it's Micah, I'll absolutely talk about it, okay? <laughs> have a great weekend, Bob. <laughs> All right, Lynn. Thanks a lot. Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish lose. Uh, that's a tough. That was going to be a tough game no matter what. I mean, again, you're at Clemson. It's tough to win there. Secondly, they desperately needed a win. I don't think desperate's too strong a word for them. Uh, this has not been uh, one of their better seasons, so to speak. Of course, it's a high bar for the obvious reasons. All right, coming up, we got a lot more football to talk about. Don't forget Colts uh, and Carolina tomorrow, 4.05 start time for that. We'll still have more, some high school football to talk about with Paul Condry in the next hour. Scoreboard update coming up at the top of the hour. Short break here. We'll come back and talk more football on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Brendan King. Time to talk about – you heard my conversation with Lynn Clark. Time to talk about your Irish. I'm Just ready. can't get anything going offensively. It's a, it's a stagnant offense right now. I'm not sure what the reasons are, but clearly they, they are not uh, performing like they have at various times in the season. No, and I have a theory, Coach. Now, be it I had to watch the highlights because I was calling a game of my own, but I will say right. I think clubs in recent weeks have done a good job – of shutting down sort of the three-headed monster of sorts for Notre Dame's running back core. Now, Audrick Estime played well today. He carried 17 times. He had 87 yards. He scored once. But beyond that, Coach, no other Notre Dame running back had more than 10 rush yards. So I think teams have adjusted well to sort of the mind shuffle of sorts that Notre Dame likes to use in the backfield. Now, it's tough to stop Estime. I mean, that guy has got beer kegs for legs. I mean, it is ridiculous how big that guy is. Um, You really don't appreciate it until you see him in person. But, you know, likes of Jeremiah Love and Jabrian Payne, Payne, excuse me, and Jadarian Price, you know, the three of those guys, they combined for less than 20 rush yards today, the three of them. So, again, I, I think that's something that teams have adjusted to well. And, you know, be it, I thought Clemson brought, you know, they brought the pressure today on Sam Hartman. You know, Sam threw two interceptions. And, um, you know, Clemson's defense, they're no slouch either. Listen, I mean, Dabo Sweeney's a – Hall of Fame football coach, and they deserve to win today. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But uh, that's something you can't do where, listen, I think Len Clark said it well that Clemson's a good team, but Notre Dame was the ranked team heading right. into that game, and Clemson was the unranked team. And at the end of the day, those are the games you got to win. Make no mistake about the concept of a sense of urgency. I mean, it, it, it was, I think, very, very prevalent for Clemson. Um you know, I, you know, both teams want to win. We all understand that. And this whole concept of somebody wanted to win more, whoever, that is absolute nonsense. And people continue to, well, they wanted it more. This is That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Both teams want to win. They all want to win. And so Irish are just uh, – and here's the, the irony of this. You and I are talking about, well, they're not playing well. Uh, they can win nine ball games. Okay. Yeah. They, I mean, that's that's the crazy part of all of this. We're talking about them like they're they're struggling to reach 500. They've got a chance to win nine. They do, but 
in college football, Coach, when, when only four teams can go to the promised land, at least right now. Now that's going to expand to right. 12. And probably when the, t- when the playoff goes to 12 teams, maybe 10 games can get you into the playoff. You know, 10, 9, 10 wins. Sure. Um, but that's not the case right now. And the expectation up in South Bend, they are lofty expectations. I've known that my entire <laughs> life. And quite frankly, 9-3 and right. three in right. the terms of the South Bend, Indiana community, Coach, is not good enough. Um, I think you're all crazy, but what? Oh, I, I'm not saying it. I'm speaking. I'm speaking for the community. I'm not right, saying right. It. I understand. No, do not shoot the I messenger, please. No, 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 no. I, I fully understand, but uh, I mean, I'm 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 a fan of all of it. So I don't have I don't have allegiances when it comes to all of that. Brendan King. You got a little work to do. Sorry to keep you from your work. You're good. Brendan King coming back with the scoreboard update. We'll talk high school football in the next hour on Indiana Sports Talk.